Hello, welcome back to Bite Sized. Super excited today. I've got some amazing Mint team members. Uh, we're going to be discussing all things UGC, UGC ads. Uh, so welcome to Bite Sized, Hannah and Sierra. Hello, hello. Happy Hi. Thanks for awesome. having us. Of course, of course. Do you want to give a quick intro into um, who you are and what you do at Mint? Start with you, yeah. Sierra. Yes, absolutely. So as Daniel mentioned, my name is Sierra. I've been working as an influencer marketer here at Mint for about a year and a half now. So I've helped to build a strategy and facilitate brand deals for a number of brands that we represent across multiple different categories like fashion apparel, food and drink, health and wellness. Um, and along with working on the brand side of things, I also dabble in a little bit of content creation myself. So it's nice to see things from both sides of the spectrum. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Cool. Well, I'm Hannah, like Daniel said, I am the creative director here at Met. So I oversee everything creative, performance creative, and that includes UGC ads and how they perform and how we can better test them. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, guys. So UGC, um, let's start here. Influencers, creators, UGC. <clears throat> What's the difference? They, these these phrases are so interlinked and used across the industry in so many different ways. I feel like we have a definition of how we think about it, but let, let's clear up. What's the difference between an influencer and a UGC creator? Yeah, I think it's easy to get confused because at the end of the day, they're both people who are creating, producing content. Um, but a way that I like to think about it is incredibly simple. And I just think about it as influencers have influence while UGC creators create. And so what I mean by that is an influencer can have an audience um, that they've accumulated over years of thousands and thousands of followers, whereas a UGC creator could just have, you know, 200 followers, 2000 followers in their audience. And it doesn't really matter as long as they know how to produce a killer piece of performance or a killer piece of creative. So with the brand, it really just depends on what your goal is. Um, with this deal that you want. So if you're looking to leverage an audience that an influencer has created, then you would sign a deal with an influencer. If you're really just looking for killer pieces of creative, someone who really knows how to you know, make an amazing piece of content, then you can leverage a UGC creator. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, again, backing off of the influencers have an influence. So also depending on where you're at in your brand state, if you're looking to get more of that organic awareness and that organic following impressions, brand growth, influencers is really where you want to focus versus if you're looking to drive sales, paid advertisements, really hone in and find your audience. That's where UGC comes in handy, mainly because I feel like UGC, you can get it for creators who may not have as many followings. Therefore, the UGC content is a little bit more inexpensive. You also can provide a lot more direction. So that way you can have more variety in your hooks. You can really find out if their audience resonates or someone else's audience resonates versus with influencers. You kind of already know who their audience is and who will resonate with them. I would say that that's the big difference. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I totally agree. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, I also and, and like both of you said, there's two different purposes for doing influencers versus UGC, right? They have... So I think like with everything, when it comes to marketing and we say this to brands all the time, it's like, well, what are you trying to achieve? If you're trying to achieve 
add performance and add scale and add testing, then UGC and creators is, is a great place to go. If you're trying to get organic reach and tap into communities and brand awareness and everything else, like influence marketing, obviously you can do whitelisting and spark ads, but all comes down to understanding, well, what are we trying to achieve? What's the outcome we're trying to drive? And that dictates which route you, you need to go. Definitely. And I think there's a place for both UGC creators and influencers for every brand. It's really just determining where your brand is at in the space. So where are you focusing your time and effort? And if you're wanting to grow organically or you're wanting to grow via paid and boosting sales, et cetera. So I think it's really just understanding what your achievement is with the campaign. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So the pretty you know, the phrase UGC and UGC ads, I mean, if I think back to two, three years ago, um, it wasn't something people were necessarily talking about. It was mainly just, oh, influencer marketing. So why, why, and, and we see it, right? We're doing more and more UGC ads, like that is mainly the type of content that we focus on um, in, in addition to assets that we may get from brands and more kind of like brand assets. Why do you think it's become so popular. Why are brands now really pushing to get more UGC into their into their paid social campaigns? I think the obvious answer would be the rise of TikTok, right? So everyone is looking at their phones. Everyone's looking at those really fast videos that just speak to the audience really directly and really native looking. So the rise of those social media platforms and how much they've grown and how much creators have grown on those platforms has really solidified UGC and paid social. Yeah, I think piggybacking off of that, I was going to say the exact same thing. The rise of TikTok has really shown the brands that anyone can create content and everyone can produce sales if they're doing it in an authentic way and, you know, utilizing trends and trending sounds. TikTok has really opened up a whole, you know, whole can of worms of how we think about content um, and how we think about ad driving content. Right. And I think that's what really has changed in the last few years. Like even before when most ads were primarily ran on Meta and Instagram, we still were looking for native looking ads as a look native to the platform, like you're just scrolling and your friend posted it. However, with the rise of TikTok and the introduction of Reels and YouTube stories, we really can focus in with the creator aspects with someone who might not have a giant following and they can still reach the same numbers of people. They can still have like a really good hook. They can still help you figure out your USPs, et cetera. You don't need the whole entire influencer audience engagement likes, et cetera, like you used to. I think even how we think about going viral, you know, virality, like on Instagram, it used to be like, if you're posting on Instagram, you're you're posting to a specific audience, a specific number of people who have been following you. And it may be a little bit harder to gain traction or gain eyeballs. But the way that the TikTok algorithm works is, you know, you could post if it's generating engagement, it'll just keep pushing your post out to millions of people. So a super authentic, a super authentic video of someone just coming on and speaking authentically about a product that they generally love without a brand contracting them can reach millions and millions of people. Um, and I think brands are seeing that and utilizing it to their advantage. Definitely. I feel like when I'm scrolling on TikTok, I'll just see a video that may not even be sponsored. And it's like, oh, I tried this and it's so great. And then I want to buy it. So even just recreating those simple videos that you see that have encouraged you to buy or 
similar products, et cetera, really has opened up a giant market for creators. TikTok did make you buy it then. That's one of the that's one of the key hooks, right? TikTok made me buy it. I was just going to say, I think even as a consumer, before I go to buy a product or try out something new, I go directly to TikTok and see what people are saying about it in an authentic way versus, you know, just going to the brand's page and seeing what the brand is posting, what narrative they're posting. It's really nice to see everyone on TikTok speaking about the product in whatever way that they'd like. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you um, both kind of mentioned TikTok as being... And I, I agree with you, like one of the reasons as to why, because it's such, a, it's video only, right? So it, it you you have to, well, it's not video only, but it mainly video is what works, right? You could post an image, but it's not going to do very well. Um, like, but also the transparency, you can use that content in your meta ads, right? So there's also that. And I also think for brands where maybe traditionally the cost of working with influencers or the cost of doing a photo shoot or the cost of like a, an actual production to produce content and creative. Whereas now you can find and work with creators and you're driving the same, if not better ad performance, you can use that creative across more platforms. It's more native. And I think that's the big thing I always think about is you don't want, you want that really native feeling content because otherwise it like, it, it kind of sticks out, as you say, as, as you're scrolling. If you're scrolling through TikTok and all of a sudden you see something that's like, you know, an overproduced brand Super Bowl looking type thing, it's not, you're not going to, to your, your uh, point, Hannah, you you stumble upon things and you naturally engage because it just feels like authentic content. If something feels like you're being advertised to, um, unless it's a brand you know, you're likely not going to engage in it in the same way. So I also, I think both of you mentioned this, but if UGC feels really native to the platforms and also it's a lot more cost-effective for brands to actually produce that type of content versus the big production or expensive content that maybe they used to be producing to try and drive our performance. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, with the rise of short form video content, it really helps to tell the story of the product. So, you know, I want to know how it, how it feels, how it tastes, how it makes you feel. And you don't see that when you're just, you know, driving down the street, you see a billboard or in a static image, you know, you may see it, it looks great and it's curated to be presented in, you know, an amazing way, but I want to know how the product makes the user feel and how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to react if I were to buy it. So I think video content really helps to build that story for any product. Right. And where I feel like creators versus influencers have more of a leverage is the fact that um, a lot of them kind of grew up in this space where now TikTok, everyone uses it every day and they're younger and they know what that 15 second video would look like to get them to purchase. They would know what you mean by saying, oh, make this video like you're talking to your friend, like you're FaceTiming them, like they're your best friend. Right. So you are genuinely talking to the audience in a way that is engaging and quick. So it kind of feeds that short-term attention span that we all have now with these reels, stories, TikTok platforms. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so being being the team at Mint that produces our UGC ads, um, what, what makes for the most successful UGC piece of creative? I mean, Hani, you've already mentioned it kind of hooks. Sierra, you're mentioning the authenticity, kind of like short-form video. What would, you know, for anybody listening who like uh, any brand or marketer who's thinking okay 
I'm doing UGC, but it's not quite performing, or I want to test more UGC. What tips or tricks, for lack of a better phrase, should people be thinking about to structure the best type of creative, but also find the best type of creators? I think that one thing to really focus on, obviously, is the first three second hook. And like Sierra said, how authentic the creator is, but also keeping in mind um, creative iteration. So quality um, over like net new quantity of ads. So like testing may be a different three seconds versus the first three seconds. The best example I have of this is one time I saw a TikTok that was like, oh my God, my boyfriend stopped me and said that's the best smelling perfume he's ever smelled. And then I was like, oh, I got to buy that now, right? <laughs> so trying to look like that versus, you know, starting the video with, I just bought this amazing perfume, trying something that really engages that unique audience. And the creator will probably know how to do that if they're sourced the right way and are genuinely interested in the product itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it all goes back to the creative brief, you know, step one. Like, I think it's very easy as a brand to be producing a brief and say, here's exactly what I need from you as a creator. Use this exact hook, give me these exact frames. Um, and of course you want to do that because you want to know what type of content you're purchasing. But I personally think it's important to give the creator options, you know, give them five different hooks that you believe will perform, give them five different video examples, five different concepts. And that way they can kind of take everything that you're presenting in front of them and curate it in a way that feels natural to them, um, but still is giving you exactly what you want. And so that way you can test multiple different things, like Hannah said, so you're not contracting, you know, five creators to give you five of the exact same video. Instead, you're getting, you know, five iterations of five different concepts. Yeah, I think that that's hugely important. Just making the creator feel comfortable. Like they're not subjugated to follow an exact script word for word and do these exact shots, shot for shot. They have the ability to kind of create the content that they want to create and that they find engaging. And they do know what is engaging because they are the creator. They're the one that is consistently posted. They're the one that knows their audience. Even if their audience isn't as big as the typical influencers, they still know how to engage with them. So giving them the flexibility to create content that they find engaging and that they're comfortable making. Yeah, totally agree. So as like it might sound like an obvious question, but I think I think even brands that I talk to and I know we talk to, um, they do find this hard is finding the right creator, right? Because what what the, what are the things people should be looking at if they're going out on their own? Is it literally just look at the content they're producing do they produce good enough content like what is good enough how should brands be thinking about finding the right creator because like you said it's different to influencers right where you're looking at are they on brand are they talking to a community that's a potential consumer um you're looking for kind of pure creative production capabilities um but that's still hard so how how should brands be thinking about that to get that right I personally, um, the way that I think about it when I'm sourcing creators is I'll first start thinking about what types of videos I'm going to need to make the campaign successful. Am I going to need um, testimonials? Am I going to need a day in the life? Do I need get ready with me's? And then when I'm looking at these creators, I look at those specific examples of the concepts that I'm you know, going to be needing um, and seeing what the quality is like. Are they speaking in it? Do they have good personality? Do I feel like I'm being sold something? Is the lighting good? 
Can I see other brand labels in the background? Um, I'm really just looking at the video as a whole at the professionalism and seeing if my brand or my product can fit exactly into the video that I'm looking at. So that way, maybe I can go back to the creator and say, hey, this video that you produced, I love it. Can you make the exact same thing, but with my product? Um, and so, yeah, I guess I just try to see if it's, if it's a good match, it's like dating, <laughs> you got to test it out. <laughs> I would agree with that. Like you definitely need to vet the influence or the creators in a way that, um, reflects your brand. So trying to see if they have content that reflects what you're looking for. Um, but also making sure that they are responsive and have maybe have never done this before, but are open to work because now creators is almost a whole entire industry on its own. Like those are real jobs people do this for a living so some people are way more professional than others some are just starting so you get to have like a mix of both right yeah yeah you're right the the booming creator economy um it's, it's created a whole new revenue stream for everybody above the age of 12 <laughs> right <laughs> which it's is, created which is, a huge revenue stream yeah right. which is great um okay awesome and what about advice for creators you know to that point um you know, we, we, we half joke and say everybody's a creator these days, but, but it is a skill set, you know, um, I've tried, um, I think I actually produced a, an ad for one of our brands, New Republic, I did a video, but the flat lay of just a picture of the shoes on the floor worked, uh, performed way better. Um, but the creators, what advice would you give, um, anyone who is a creator, who's looking to do this more? Cause I mean, we work with hundreds of creators, right? I mean, and, and to your point, we look at the type of content, uh, we vet them so that we can make sure they're going to fit the brands we're working with. But what advice would you have for creators um, who are looking to do more and partner with more brands or even potentially with agencies like ours? Um, one piece of advice I have would be like ask questions. So if you're not hundred percent sure on the brief or you think the brief is too short, you don't know what to talk about, you don't understand the concepts, definitely ask questions, you know, reach out to that coordinator who reached out to you and sent you the brief, you know, stay in contact with the person that is requesting the content so that A, you don't have to reshoot and B, you're really clear on what you're giving and what they are receiving. And then there's no hiccups or no miscommunications that could lead to less partnerships in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, um, Go the extra mile because it's like we said, like we joked, you know, everyone is a creator in their own respect. I see more and more UGC creators coming to the table every day, just scrolling through social media. So it's really important that you understand who you are as a creator. You understand your content and what you can offer to brands because pretty soon, you know, just being able to edit a 15 second video is not going to be good enough. It's what you put into the video, the effort, the soul, the heart, the quality that's really going to make you stand out and land these brand deals and generate sales. Yeah. Love it. Amazing. Awesome guys. So many knowledge bombs in that session. Really appreciate you both jumping on um super interesting world again i know for the brands we're working with ugc ads is the thing that we're mainly focused on when it comes to paid social um to everything that you've just said you know cost effective you can test different angles hooks different creators um it's, it's native style content so really appreciate um well first and foremost everything you do at mint but then thank you for hopping on to bite-sized and, and discussing all things ugc really appreciate it Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah, super excited.
Yeah. Thank you guys.